Big questions. No answers. See these questions I got on my mind. I'm asking them all the time. Time like traveling through the universe. I'm scrambling these black holes. How does time flow? If I dropped in one, where would I go when I come out? A hundred years old. Big questions, no answers though. What happens when we dream? Is this world all it seems? I think that to a man do i need a plan all these questions and more that's what's in store i'm drinking tea you're drinking water cheers you think it pg tonight yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um sick do you want to give a little um basic intro to the people uh the highlights of you who you are uh sure yeah so i guess uh my story here started like five years ago. I moved here from Egypt uh, to UBC. Uh, I'm studying computer science and microbiology and immunology. Though like my interests vary a lot, like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I've been here for five years. Uh, about to be done with school, hopefully. And I don't know where life is going to take us next. Fuck but, yeah. yeah. And you had a work term or... Was it a part-time thing or an internship somewhere? I had a, yeah, I've done like a bunch of work terms all around the place, like in biotech research mm-hmm. and then software engineering. Right. Um, so done like a little bit of like real life experience, I guess. Yeah, yeah. certified smart guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know quite a lot about specific technology, specifically computers, which I'm a bit of a Luddite when it comes to computers. Like, I know my way around the internet. Right. <laughs> I know how to set up a studio, but I don't know the inner workings of the computer, which we kind of have gotten into at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think but... we discussed this before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I have a little, like, more of a broader question for you, just kind of about technology in general. Right. This is the big question. This is the big question. Right. I've been nervous about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, should we, humanity, should we fear technology? What do you think? That's a really good question. Um, are you asking it from like the perspective of like the rise of like artificial intelligence and that kind of thing? Wherever you want to take it, yeah. Wherever you want to take it, right? Um, I think like we need to view technology as any other sort of like technological advance for the term that wields us power, and that mm-hmm. includes like for example like guns or gunpowder and that kind of thing. Right. I think we need to put it into the same perspective mm. um where it can be used both for bad and both for good even though like it's a lot more subtle the way you can use technology for bad versus like how clear it is for example you can use a gun to kill a person yeah it's not as easy to see technology the same way although just because of the sheer numbers the sheer number of people that technology affects it can have that same like utility interest on the population um so the short answer is yes <laughs> and i can elaborate a little bit maybe like with one case mm-hmm. um i think we need to take into account something that people fail to take into account is the underlying assumptions built into our technologies mm. um so for example a big spike right now in the ai field is about fairness and privacy mm-hmm. so a lot of like the ai models built uh have been built from a western perspective um so it doesn't take into account for example all ethnicities Mm. um this is kind of like a toned down example of uh some of the dangers of technology how it can be like uninclusive for everyone Um, but it can also have like 
wider effects. Um, so, like, for example, if it's an AI that's using facial recognition of some maybe. kind, you're just feeding it, like, Western-looking faces right, or something like right. that. So, like, it does worse, for example, when trying to recognize, like, black faces or brown faces mm. and so on. Uh, another much scarier example, do I keep rambling on? Like, I can keep Yo, rambling yeah. on for a while. Yeah, oh, it's all good. Um, yeah, another scarier example. I don't know if you know about this. Have you heard of Stuxnet before? This was the thing that we were kind of getting into, I, I remember, a while ago. I think maybe we discussed it. Yeah, but yeah, go for it, because I've completely... So yeah, basically, um, what this is, and there's a book about this, it's called Countdown to Zero Day, um, that explains everything that went into this. Uh, when Iran was building its nuclear program, uh, the US and Israel were trying to like slow it down as much as possible, mm -hmm. as fast as they can. And they realized like diplomacy is not the best way to go. And also like a full-on invasion is probably, probably not possible. <laughs> yeah. So what they did is they actually injected a virus. It's a really smart virus. And the way it was found out is it was too smart. And it got like distributed too efficiently where people were starting to find it like Germany and other places hmm. and started like turning heads. And what it did is it targeted part of the firmware on part of the hardware and the centrifuges. So how you uh, enrich uranium is like you spin it really, really fast. The heavier particles go towards the outside and you collect these. Mm -hmm. And what it did is it messed up with the frequency of the revolution of the centrifuges. Mm. And what that can do is actually like make the whole thing explode, basically, uh, because it's um, centered on like a very small bearing. Mm. So what they did is actually like they caused actual damage uh, to a lot of the nuclear power plants in Iran wow. just using that virus. And the scary part about this is this was targeted towards Iran. Um, but a lot of our infrastructure, so like the electricity grid, for example, everything that's controlling like dams, water, that kind of thing, it's vulnerable to the same attacks. Whoa. Where you can actually target the hardware and like make stuff blow up. So Whoa. that's kind of like the other extreme <laughs> of like how dangerous technology can be. Wow. Um, versus like the good side that we see, like the internet is great, but there's also like a problem that comes with us relying too much on technology. So like this Stuxnet virus, was something that like obviously it had like millions of dollars of US and Israeli money backing it. Is it possible that like someone, some like backdoor underground hacker the, who I just like visualize as like in a black room with like smoke all around and like he's just typing nonsense into the <laughs> matrix. Like could someone like that create a similar thing that would cause as much havoc or would you need like a team of people to i think it's it's not as easy um because a lot of people are involved with that okay, and this yeah. is kind of like the dark side of tech right. um so even like the big tech companies like microsoft for example and i'm talking about microsoft because this is the company that was involved with how the virus mm. uh actually like entered the machines it was like a vulnerability in windows itself wow and what microsoft does is they find these vulnerabilities on an ongoing basis and they install what they call patches uh, to secure these vulnerabilities and people install them as updates. Right. Um, so first of all, not all people install all patches right away. Like you've seen the Windows update pop yeah. up and like, and you're like, ah, I'll do like, it later. Yeah, I'll do it later. Yeah, yeah. Most of these are like actual patches for like security vulnerabilities. And um, what happens when Microsoft finds like a new vulnerability? Most of the time that would actually go to like the CIA or the NSA and tell them beforehand that we found this, we're going to have to patch this soon. Right. Because they might be relying on it for some of their intelligence I see, yeah. work. So you need that kind of framework and all of these big players are kind of involved. So it's not an individual wow. effort mm. of like one person. 
these are like full teams of like experienced people working together. Yeah. And I think this is a problem with how software engineering is kind of portrayed, where you see like, oh yeah, the hacker man with like the hoodie on, yeah, like yeah. sitting in a basement going on. Right. No, it's like a team effort. People have to collaborate. It's like any other job, basically. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do you think in all lifetime, we're going to see some kind of like big attacks like this? Like, do you think it's become more and more part of reality? I think so as... Especially with like global warming, we know there's like a huge water problem looming upon us. Mm. Stuff that's actually affecting our infrastructure. Um, so far, we've been lucky enough. The entire world, we're like, we've seen shortages in like food and water and so on, but it doesn't affect the entire world on the scale that it will in like a few decades. Wow! And I think once we reach that point, people with the ability to interfere with that stuff using technology because like it's an easy clean way if you think about it you didn't need like human force you just send a virus like a computer virus and it does the job for you yeah um and as the technology gets smarter and the thing is like hacking is a lot more easier like advancing that area is a lot more easier than advancing the defense systems Mm. especially for like poorer countries um i feel like people are gonna move more and more towards that like stuxnet was kind of like the first virus that we know about that targeted an actual piece of hardware and like some sort of infrastructure. In that case, it was a nuclear power plant. Um, but in the future, we can see stuff like affecting the electricity grids, water plants, so on. You never know. Wow, you're yeah. freaking me out. <laughs> I'm freaked out the same way as you are, but yeah. This is the kind of shit that like when you're going to bed, you kind of think about, like keeps you at up one at point. night. Yeah. At one point, yeah. <laughs> How do you like, uh, I don't know. Is there a solution to it? Like, it, can we get ahead of it? Like, there's probably not much resources being devoted to shoring up the cybersecurity of our power grid right now, but... Yeah, I think we treat it the same way as, like, international peacekeeping efforts. Mm. Um, Like, there's a reason that the USA right now doesn't go and, like, invade Iran. There are a lot of stuff in place. Mutually assured destruction. And, yeah, I think this is also, like, part of it. Um, But the problem is, like, there's a very uneven distribution in power when it comes to tech, where most of it is centered... Uh, here in the west mm-hmm. um it's kind of not as an even i mean like the u.s military is a lot stronger but still you have other countries that can kind of balance that out right in terms of tech there aren't that many people mm. or there aren't that many uh, powers uh, that can do that except for maybe like the u.s china and russia right um i think we're lucky enough at this point that each one of them is kind of on opposing sides where a country would hesitate to do that to another country just because they know they're as vulnerable as the other people right and i think this is kind of what's keeping us in check right now so it is like another kind of mutually assured destruction basically yeah wow um because you know like if you do that to some country there's nothing preventing another country to do the same thing to you right um but i think like people like worry about a nuclear war explosion Mm -hmm. once like the first missile is like right uh fired then it's just gonna it's a wave effect right like it's a ripple effect i feel like people are not as worried about like the same thing yeah like so far, most of the tech warfare has been mostly done like in terms of surveillance or like mm, gathering right. information. Yeah. Um, we haven't used it as much. Like Stuxnet, as I said, was like the first a targeted point of case. We're like it's targeted yeah. attack, right? Yeah. And this wow. is like the scary stuff that we're talking about right now. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely more afraid of technology than I was. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, like let's maybe transition more you brought up like china russia do you see like um i've kind of pay attention to like 
somewhat burgeoning news and how China is sort of putting all of their eggs into artificial intelligence. And they also have, like, because there's this strange kind of cohesion between the government and tech companies over there, or all companies, that they have, like, just monstrous amounts of data on people and also less regulation regarding what companies or the government can do with it. Like, do you see China kind of overtaking at any point, like sort of the tech supremacy of the West? Or is it always going to stay in Silicon Valley and sort of base out of there? Like, what do you think? Right. Um, I think we're right. Like, we're starting to see like challenges, especially in the AI field, like just from a purely scientific perspective, Mm. the papers coming out of China are now like as strong Mm. and as powerful as the papers coming out from here wow. and um they also just because like the government is infusing so much money into it um they have like more resources that they can work with mm-hmm. um in terms of like taking over the tech supremacy i think it's gonna take a while because it's not just that like there's a whole framework involved like companies like microsoft and google and amazon their services are used by basically every other company on the planet right yeah. um and migrating stuff over so like let's say a company that comes out of China is gonna be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with how like diplomatic ties are placed right now. Mm. And being like a main source of like the US supremacy over China, uh the US is not gonna easily let that go. Right, right. Um so yeah, I think it's gonna be a while just because like there's an entire framework that yeah. goes in behind that. It's not just like supremacy in tech or like they want to serve data that you have on people right yeah Yeah. i guess that yeah like it's only part of the puzzle right yeah 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 it's amazing how much like i bet you nobody previous to like you know i don't know maybe like nikola tesla could have had this thought but like no one thought that like data just like random information about you and me and our habits of what we look at online like who knew that that was going to be like the commodity (laughs) that runs the world like i still have a hard time imagining that just how like this is the most valuable thing that you can own right now. right yeah they they're selling yeah your attention like they're like it's just mind-boggling it's such a weird uh such a weird business it's like not a real product almost you know it's like a but i guess it is but just the amount of I always keep forgetting too that like all those big tech companies you mentioned are like their like main like I don't know not revenue stream but their main like tool is like servers right just giant warehouses basically with data which is just like I again yeah those are the kind of things I think about like (laughs) it's becoming more and more abstract as we go like we're building levels upon levels upon like people Mm. used to sell like the circuit boards and then we started building computers people started selling those we started building like these warehouses of like servers mm. we started selling services for these right now we're getting data from the and then we're starting like yeah we're building abstract layers right. over abstract layers yeah. Like, yeah that just seems to be what we do man like i don't know if that's just like the trend of humanity i guess but like yeah it just seems like we just keep taking things to altering levels of abstraction my personal opinion is as the stuff becomes more abstracted you need more specialized people to work on it Mm. and then so like i think the example i have in mind is kind of the financial system 
mm-hmm. uh, we started in the early ages. You just like swap a product for a product. Right. And then we started building these abstractions on top of abstractions, right. leading to like a highly convoluted financial system that only a specialist would be able to understand yeah. right now. Yeah. Does it really have to be that way? I don't know. We don't know. Like maybe it does when the system gets to be so big, right? Like Maybe. Because with money, you need a universal means of exchange, right? Because right. like a goat for someone in sub-Saharan Africa right. is worth a lot different to what a goat's worth for me. Yeah. So we have to kind of come together and agree like a dollar is a dollar. But here's another, since we're kind of transitioning to like economic stuff, do you know anything about Bitcoin? And like what it is or like the technology behind it or anything? I know a little bit, but like I don't think I'm the best person. Enough to this. talk about Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's like a digital currencies in your head like gonna be a part of the future at all do you think or is it completely far-fetched to think that the dollar could be i i think so but i don't like i don't see it as a substitute for our current currencies Mm. i see it more like as a subsidy or like Mm. something that goes in parallel alongside with it okay um that's just my personal opinion Mm -hmm. uh maybe that will change in the future yeah i'm not sure but I don't see it like I don't see a decentralized currency right. taking over the world right now. Hmm. Uh, I think governments like still have too much power to let yeah. that happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it will kind of emerge as something on the side. Interesting. Uh, or like just have these like I guess now it has just these specialized economies. Right. Where it's like yeah, the deep and maybe they'll like start taking over into like our day to day lives mm. a little bit. Right. But I don't think it would be like a hundred percent takeover from centralized currencies interesting yeah bitcoin's at like forty thousand right now it's crazy it's <laughs> yeah it's insane it's insane yeah yeah um cool well uh how about we maybe take a more optimistic turn is there right. anything in technology wise computer wise or just yeah maybe in that field but is there something that you are like super excited about or like is there something that you see is gonna you think is gonna change the world or yeah uh that's a really good question um i think like the most exciting thing right now is um incorporating what we've achieved like we've achieved great stuff from the computer science perspective we need to integrate that more into other fields Mm. so something i'm really interested in is like synthetic biology for example Mm. how do we build microbes with kind of the same framework as building computers or you have these logic circuits using mm. DNA um, that you build into microbes and you can do stuff with them. So you can build like logic gates like and then or gates. Wow. And you can build like basically microbi- like microbial computers. And then basically you can build microbes that does anything that you want to based on some genes that you found previously in nature. Is this like nanobot stuff? Is that the same thing? A little bit maybe, kind of? but like not necessarily. Mm. Um, so it's just like microbial engineering. Um, and I think this is really interesting because uh, it provides us with an alternative. Like, we still have a long way to go, but it provides us with an alternative to uh, current streams of manufacturing or everything that we need to wow. that's more um, efficient. Not necessarily efficient, but, like, it's more... Uh, it's better for the environment. Like, it's more environmentally friendly. Because mm. um, you can harbor bacteria that are, like, naturally photosynthetic, for example. Right. They can harbor their energy from the sun and turn that into like a product that you need mm. that otherwise you'd have to get from like biofuels or mm. fossil fuels or like another source of energy 
um so you can harbor like the full evolution of nature and use that for your own good like these microbes have been made over like millions of years mm-hmm. they're highly specialized and efficient at what they do right and i feel like there's a lot to explore there um in terms of like how we can leverage that wow and a lot of that has how the fuck do you meld a biological thing with it like si- silicon chip like it's not necessarily a chip so like you can engineer your bacteria let's say um to produce biofuels mm-hmm. so you t- introduce like the genetic components for it to produce that mm-hmm. biofuel harbor them like in a bioreactor and start making whatever you need okay and right now like the throughput is not high enough to be as useful for us as it can meaning they're just um, not that efficient they're not that efficient yeah okay. uh, so we can't produce enough of it but i think as we put more effort into it we can do more wow and the exciting thing is you can start adding some logic into that hmm. so this is where the logic gates come in so like let's say you only produce like that compound if light is like shone upon mm. your actor. Um, so you can have bacteria that like produces like a bunch of medicines um, that uh. you can put. I think this is a project going on right now, actually. Um, you can put like in a space station. It's like a self-sufficient bioreactor. Mm. Depending on like the color of light that you shine, you produce like a certain medicine that maybe one of the Whoa. people need. Holy and God. it's just like all self-contained and it's easily controlled. Uh, so you can do like some really cool stuff like that wow. and i feel like yeah this is like something i'm really interested in it's a really cool field wow um but yeah we have yeah. a long way to go it has and yeah it sounds like well when you originally said it i thought it was gonna be like sheerly like medical kind of stuff but the way you're putting it it could be like solving environmental problems or it can be anything literally anything yeah bacteria has evolved to like do everything basically there's we've only discovered like such a small percentage of them and there's already like so much they can do um and we can basically like leverage that for our own good which is crazy now that you think of it it's like yeah Yeah. it's tapping into like a huge oil field yeah yeah, it's insane wow bacterial revolution i hope so i guess that's like so strange right because like we're kind of going full circle with this stuff. That's like kind of, I see like this sl- super long-term view of humanity. Right. Like we started out as this like relatively symbiotic, you know, hunter-gatherer peoples that lived in harmony with the Earth's balance somewhat. And then the ag- agricultural revolution like exploded that and we no longer kind of exist in that kind of symbiotic place anymore. And now with these technologies, it's like, no, we have to, like, harbor, like, what nature has for us. Like, there's no way we can do better than nature, right? Like, nature is the mother of efficiency, I guess. Like, it's the Fibonacci sequence and, like, all all of that stuff. Like, it's all been sort of finely tuned over billions of years. Right. But we can now figure out how we can kind of augment it. Like, we have to take what's there and then somehow use it to our advantage i just find that fascinating how we kind of have to go full circle you know like yeah make yeah. nature work with us again yeah i think that's a really good way to put it yeah like i think we're starting to realize where we fit in as humankind mm, like right. we became too full of ourselves at one point mm-hmm. and then realized we've actually only been here for like a few tens of sub- like thousands of years right uh nature has been here 
long before that. Yeah, yeah. We don't know everything. Yeah, like, there's yeah. still a lot we don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, it's good to do like that sanity check and see like where we fit in. Totally, it's yeah. it's a difficult thing to do because I don't know. I guess you're because we're so removed from the environment now. It's almost natural to us to just feel we are separated from it and we're right. better than it or we're no longer a part of it but like as much as we build houses and more abstraction on top of abstraction we still are a part of like you cannot escape your biology your evolutionary drive that's what i love about kinesiology and movement and and medicine in general biology is I feel I see it as this just a great leveler, you know, like it kind of grounds you. It completely back. grounds yeah, you. Like yeah. I cut you open and you cut me open, and maybe shit will be in similar different places. Maybe it kind of look, looks a little different, but overall, functionality wise, it's pretty fucking similar. A spleen's a spleen, a liver's a liver. Yeah. I just find that like oddly comforting, you know. Like same thing. Like this is why I love my combination of majors so much because mm. I can go the abstract route like all day, think right. about like stuff that it's like way up there. Yeah. And then I go back and it like it's all a bunch of like atoms like combining together. Right? Like right. At, at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Life is basically like a bunch of chemical reactions like occurring here and there. Right. And yeah. they're all like governed by the same principles, which yeah. is it's good to get that grounding. And this is my problem with abstractions is mm we tend especially when you have too many layers you don't go all the way down to the physics and like try to understand what's actually happening mm. and we tend to forget like the underlying assumptions that we incorporated into these abstractions right yeah yeah, yeah we get we was it, we can't see the trees through the forest or the forest yeah something the like that yeah. you know yeah, yeah like we get stuck looking at the bigger picture and it's hard to right zoom into right. the things that constitute we it. lose everything that was like down there right yeah yeah that's uh very we have so many flaws as like just conscious beings you know like being in an ego being like a self being like a tribal kind of ape person right. <laughs> like i wonder this is my another to bring it back to technology do you think we'll use technology to sort of again kind of enhance or manipulate our existing characteristics like will we ever we're getting a little more like black mirror type shit but yeah. like with a chip or with some kind of neural interface like are we gonna do you think that that will happen eventually like say we don't blow ourselves up or die in the next 200 years like what do you think i think like i think the technology is kind of going there mm-hmm my personal like this is kind of a tangent but my personal opinion about this is i really don't want that to happen at this point we mm. don't really understand the meaning of our existence mm. no one has the answer yet right and like my dream is to see technology harbored towards that reason mm. like to me this is my reason for existence it's kind of learn more and try to, i'll probably never arrive at an answer in my mm. lifetime but try and like look more in that area and try to get to that answer like a satisfying answer Hmm. And I think until we get to that point, any alterations we made, like we make, hmm. they don't have a basis for it just because we don't have that premise of what's our actual reason for existence, wow. right? Yeah. Uh, so anything we do, 
it's going to be flawed just because we don't have that premise to build upon. Mm, interesting. Um, like the starting principles are Exactly. Off. Like we don't have any starting principles now that you think of it. Mm. We're kind of like just walking in the dark. Yeah. Like yeah. trying to like, And then just go. like finding random shit. Be like, oh shit, look at that. Yeah. This is, this is nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can work with this. But. Wow. So I'm more of like a, yeah, like a pointed or like centralized or at least like coordinated effort towards exactly like something. we don't have a path that we're working on or like something that we're working towards mm. um this is why i'm like very like wary of any alterations or like black right. mirror type stuff that we can do yeah um because i don't know where it's gonna lead right but it's probably gonna end some like end badly yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah the the side effects right exactly that's exactly. what is so scary about any kind of manipulation even genetic manipulation if we get into that stuff like the CRISPR-Cas9 becoming such a huge technology and how like you know in some places they've actually used it in humans already which is terrifying yeah so it's like yeah okay we found this one gene that we think controls whatever resistance to malaria and then in 50 years we find out that it also makes you grow a third leg out of the back of your head (laughs) yeah exactly exactly. it's yeah I, i yeah that's my only uh well, that's my huge qualm with that kind of stuff. It's just, and then again, it comes back to just nature knows. Like, I, I, we are fucking with it, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to do that. But also, I think it's going to get like, us into some trouble. I think curiosity is like one of our best attributes as human beings, mm-hmm. and we should definitely act on that. Mm-hmm. But I think we just like we act too fast without taking the time to reflect upon what mm-hmm. our actions actually mean. Right. I think we were talking about this. Uh, recently mm-hmm. um there haven't been any like major philosophical like ideas or like major philosophers in the past like mm. since like the 1940s mm. 50s mm-hmm. um there haven't been those people who think about which path are we heading on right now what right. does everything that we've done in the past few decades actually mean uh to us as human beings or like to the collective humankind right, right? yeah and i feel like we're just missing that piece mm. right now yeah i we live in such an unprecedented time where there's a, a whole an, another issue that you definitely just brought up like the the pace of technological innovation has completely over and above outpaced our like conscious evolution or psychological evolution yeah. or and there is where we hit some problems because like you said there's just no way to tell what we're doing is working or what we're doing is going where what we're doing is going but we keep doing it anyway it's impossible to not to be like humanity stop like iphone 12 is good (laughs) (laughs) like no more iphone (laughs) it's bad yeah yeah yeah. you keep making iphones like you'll end up in the matrix you know yeah like we just like my problem like we can we can take this slowly like wait for the evidence for every step that we do it's gonna slow us by a lot i'm not saying we should do that but like we should at least take the time to think about what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Just think about it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But we don't because we have, like, there's the profit motive. or Exactly. Like, the... at this point, you're just, like, driven by yeah. how much... Because your survival, let's say, as a company or, like, as an innovator, as a researcher, is mm. based on how much you can output. Right, right. Taking right. time to think is kind of counterproductive at this point. Right. So it's, yeah. Yeah, we would need, like... I'm trying to think of a world, like, how we would do that. Like, would we just kind of... I don't know, like, have it's just some weird alternate, like, other sector that's, like, not private, not public. It's just, like, thinking, <laughs> you thinking. know, like, you know, like, but then where would the money come from? 
you need incentives for them to like for both parties to keep up the face with each other yeah like you need to i don't know like i haven't figured that part out yeah i really wish there was like a nice model where you you can build you can build that in Mm. and just like have the same incentives outlying both so they can both like be at the same point like going on with the same pace yeah um I don't, I don't have the answer for that, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit. I wish someone could figure it out. <laughs> if someone's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what you got. Send me an email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, what... I'm not sure whether this pace of change is, like, tenable. Or I, like, I don't know whether... Obviously, we, we can do nothing else but innovate it seems progress technologically but yeah actually like what do you think of, like i think it's a major idea nowadays that like change is good mm. and the more you change like the better you are what what do you think about that oh, that's an interesting question um well change as a super to say change is always good or change is always bad right change is just change is just constant the only constant in life is that shit's gonna change we're dynamic we're gonna die we're aging there's no yeah there's probabilities for shit that can happen but really you're kind of just like ah i don't know and then life just throws shit in your way but change if i think about it as like unknown or like responding to unknown events i think it's what makes life meaningful right because if if you had just some constant yeah like your life was just a zero slope line and you're just on for the ride and you kind of knew everything that was going to happen what the fuck would be the point right yeah it's interesting there's like a thought experiment from this guy alan watts who's like a he's like a relatively relatively like contemporary philosopher um he's like sampled a lot in like house music edm shit (laughs) nice um because he just has like a cool voice and he like says some profound shit but he has this thought experiment about how maybe one day humanity will invent this like virtual reality technology where we can like we're the architect of our own lives and we can control everything we can have all the good experiences and minimize pain and you know like eat everything and fuck everybody and go everywhere and eventually he says if you lived that life for a hundred years a thousand years you'd get so bored that you would need to introduce a chaotic element right. in order to make shit matter. Yeah. So I like to think about that and how, yeah, whenever there's like bad shit happening to me, randomness of life, chaos, I try to think like, this is what's making my life. Like this is, this is making me me, you know? Right. This is like the human experience. This basically. is the human yeah. experience. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. This is, I don't know if you've seen The Good Place. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, it's its marketed as kind of like a sitcom or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, it has like that meaning engraved into it. Right? 100%. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a cool show. Yeah, it's yeah. a good way to kind of introduce some like basic exactly, philosophy yeah. and stuff, utilitarianism. Yeah, I, the more and yeah, the more I think about it, the more I th- like, I try to value chaos. But also, it's weird as they're like right now, shit in my life is going pretty well like in my immediate circle right so i have this kind of like sneaking paranoia where i'm like something's Something's about to happen (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. like shit but i don't know shit like that happens all the time so maybe i shouldn't get too hung up about it worry too much 
That's a, that's a good take on it. Like, I think, yeah, this makes complete sense. I mm-hmm. think the missing part is how do we... Like, I think a big part of our existence and giving our lives meaning is kind of reflecting on that change that happens to us or, like, mm-hmm. that chaos element. Right, right. And I feel just like with the pace the world is going at right now, we're missing out on this. Yeah. As individuals and as a community and, like, as the entirety of mankind. Right, right. Uh, it is. It was definitely something that was a lot more valued when we didn't have before agriculture revolution and we had time to fucking just chill around all day right and yeah i yeah i agree there should be someone who's like i don't know a think tank or like something so that's like a hundred percent like not connected to any kind of corporate or government structure that's just in charge of like and thinking about this stuff, right. reflecting about this or stuff. Or even for us, just, like, as individuals. Like, this is mm. hard to do. Yeah. Um, like, you and I are both students. We know, like, how hard it can be. Yeah, You're, yeah. like, scrambling from, like, one thing to the next, trying to keep up with everything. Totally. Juggling and it's, fucking riding yeah. a cycle and <laughs> on a tightrope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like, no one gets um, no one gets a manual. You know? No one gets an instruction booklet. It's weird because sometimes... In my life, I've kind of had to, I've like had this question a lot whether, because you're, is it that like necessarily age brings wisdom or is it experience that brings wisdom? Right. But there has to be something said to just, for just being alive for longer and just like, you know, having social interactions for longer. But I don't know because I've met people that are like 19 seem to be like as wise as like some 50 right. 60 year olds and then i've met some like 40 year olds that are like what are you like 14 like you're yeah but it's weird because you're automatically in our society kind of dismissed when you're young you're like right. oh you're just a right. naive uh what's it called you're naive you're um bright-eyed or like you think too much about the positive i don't know you're you're not jaded yet right you're not cynical yet and that's sort of like dismissed which i i have a problem i don't know i kind of have a problem with it because yeah you may look at me and think like oh this fucking dumb 23 year old kid but like and maybe i mean i am as well like i'm not gonna deny that but also doesn't mean i can't say some things that are interesting or offer a point of view that's right unique that's interesting i mean just like thinking introspectively Mm -hmm. i kind of this like when i think about like what the 15 or like 13 or 12 year old version of me did their right, thought right i like my first instinct is like dismiss it right he was a young naive dumb kid. i'm still idiot. a young naive dumb kid yeah like, yeah he was a younger like more naive yes like dumb dumber kid. kid yeah <laughs> but when i think of it like what i thought at that point like carried a lot of merit or like right it wasn't completely garbage like, no it yeah. made you who you are now <laughs> exactly and exactly. yeah whatever it was you were going through that yeah, that teen angst, like, yeah, it does lay the foundation for who we become as adults, like, and another, it's like another adolescence right now, right? Our, like, early 20s are kind of like this other adolescence. And I feel like if you look around, like, at the best leaders worldwide, like, they're not so fast to dismiss anyone's opinions, no matter, like, who right. they are or where they come from. Yeah. Um, they take everything into account with kind of, like, they try to have an objective lens 
and get rid of like any presumptions about like age or right any other thing that yeah might yeah. be clouding that yeah it's, it's very difficult thing to do i guess it's but really hard yeah, yeah like yeah. come at something with just okay you're 12 but you might be able to teach me something i actually learned the uh, i was reading some article i thought it was so interesting apparently like the concept of a teenager didn't actually exist until like the 1940s so like after world war ii they literally like marketing departments like came up with this word teenager to like because they were coming like a little bit more part of the the marketplace they were like spending more money because you know i guess just kind of like the birth of the middle class in the u.s so people were having more kids those kids maybe had a little bit more income whether from working or from their parents allowance or whatever and but this whole like period of like teenager teen teen times has been like just fabricated in the last like 50 60 years which is fascinating because now it's like what is pop culture based off it's based off what the fucking 14 year olds are watching tiktok right like yeah i'm not watching tiktok you're probably not watching TikTok. like it's my 14 year old like cousins that are right dictating like the future of like huge tech companies and billions of dollars of investment yeah as yeah as a software developer who's like come through like 20 something years of education i basically tutor towards them now (laughs) this (laughs) is my market yeah yeah. which i just i just found i just find that so crazy that's something it's a concept that we didn't even have a hundred so a hundred years ago right and now it's the entire basis of like a huge sector of our economy like just makes me think like what else is what's going to come in the next 50 years yeah there's some some concept or something that we haven't even thought of yet that's still that's here but we just need to package it and then it's going to be sold as you know something right. else right i just find that i don't know it's like the capacity of humans to just again abstract create yeah. package resell respin right and especially like like you and me we grew up in an age where like technology was not as big of a thing mm-hmm. it was kind of introduced in our lives as right. we grew yeah there's a whole generation that's upcoming where like this is the only thing they know right uh, ever since they were born there was an iphone exactly like, if you're 12 right now when did the iphone come out like oh seven? i remember seeing my first iphone i was in like grade six so i was probably like around like 10 like 11 12 okay yeah. and i was like this is mad like i can yeah. tilt it and, like the car like <laughs> moves to the left and right and i was yeah, like yeah shit like this is sick this is fucking then, crazy. yeah i know yeah now like my younger brother was like since he was like one, he'd hold an iPad and like he'd know exactly what to do. Right. Like it's just like so intuitive to him. Like he'd yeah. start like messing around with it. That's where it gets. That's where it gets kind of scary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like that, and then to bring it to like a present day kind of context, how the pandemic has kind of shifted every lost holdout for technology right. online. Yeah. It. Now you you have you literally have to. So it. it makes me think like is the matrix inevitable (laughs) like are we just gonna end up like these fucking like you know in our avatar pod and like i i don't know i kind of think so i don't like i don't see it i don't see the future as dark as this Mm -hmm. i think i think the real danger is as i said like building on these abstractions we kind of forget the underlying assumptions Mm. that were kind of that we know and don't know about that was built into this Mm. and as change comes along you kind of just incorporate that like subconsciously 
into your into how you view the world, especially if you grow up with that stuff. Right. Uh, and I feel like this is the scary part. Yeah. Um, at this point, like, you don't know what happened to like lead you to being who you are today. Yeah. What your thoughts are actually like based on. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense. It's but, so yeah. strange. No, it did. It did. Like, it, that's something I love to think about because I. I find it fascinating that we can all, if you, if you asked me why I am, why am I the way I am? I could be like, oh, my parents are this, I moved from England, I have this accent, da da da. All this like kind of big, like rational justification. Right. But then you go, okay, well, like, why did you have those experiences? Why did your parents do that? Right. Like, uh, because they felt like it. I, I don't, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. back to like whim, you get back to just fucking random decision making kind of and like the way humans make decisions is just so it's not like a computer it's not like rational rationality is just this small sliver of how we make a decision right like we don't fully understand how we arrive right like we don't know we don't know we just kind of like yeah we're just there one day and we're just like yeah this is what I'm, I'm going to UBC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I find that super interesting. I wonder, do you think we'll ever kind of delve into our like true motivations or our true? That's a really good question. I think you and Valentine were talking about this mm-hmm. with like, what is human nature? Like, right. I think in order to be able to trace back how like our decisions are made from like point zero. Yeah. We need to be able to define what's our starting ground, mm. what is human nature. Right. And then you start adding like all these experiences and exposures to it and that kind of shapes mm. how you start. Like I think this is the database that we need to start understanding. Right. What, but I don't feel like we have actually answered that question. No. What is the framework nature. is still we don't know like another thing where like we actually don't know what the basis is yeah we don't have the initial premise to build upon right and i feel like that's a common theme yeah the advancement of like humans yeah yeah that's so true yeah i wonder because there's one thing to be like to be able to map every synapse of every person's brain right that's one element and yeah. we're not there yet with technology, but you could see I potentially... Feel like, we can, like, we're going that we're going, We're going yeah. that way, right? We can do it with a worm, or we can do it with a fucking whatever, sponge. I don't know what's going to happen in 20 years. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, yeah. But then that's only, like, half of the problem. Like, okay, we know physically, like, if this thing's connect- connected to this in this configuration, and you shoot an electrical impulse through it, you get human consciousness. But then it's like okay but like how <laughs> like where does the consciousness come from the electricity like yeah right yeah. like that it's only half of the, like, the problem yeah i feel like we'll be able like to chase like why a baby chooses to like put something in their mouth like mm-hmm. when they see it right but then like what makes sam decide to go to ubc yeah it becomes like a lot harder and you need to take into account like everything that you as sam have been through right everything yeah. builds on top of itself yeah 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 wow that's crazy. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Stuff I think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so let's see. Any other kind of technologies or you mentioned the um what were you talking about? The, like yeah, microbial engineering. Yeah, the like... microbial engineering, but you mentioned some special kind of algorithm to me the other day. Like how every right now all the algorithms we have that 
make oh, computers work are like correlational. Right. Yeah, I think we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, yeah. I I'd like I to was... dig into this more because I was thinking about it and not, wasn't really like computing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think what I was talking about was like the field of causality mm-hmm. and how, like, I think we're talking specifically about like artificial intelligence or like machine learning right. as a subset of that mm-hmm. and how most of like today's algorithms are like built on like correlational data right um which is basically you see something and another thing that behave this way like when you put them together on a graph and you try to like come up with a conclusion based on that right right so like you have Uh, yeah you have two distinct events that seem to be related in some way in some way happen at the same time yeah and like we basically feed a bunch of data into these algorithms and they try to figure out what these correlations are and based on these like they extrapolate into like future events right like probabilities Um, yeah or like interpolate if it's like something they've seen right like between two events or something like that Mm -hmm. um yeah what i was going towards is what would happen if we start shifting from that to more of a causal framework Mm. where we actually know like this event is the cause of this effect. Right. How uh, would you, like, other than the way we do it now, which is feeding a bunch of data yeah. into an algorithm. First of all, okay, an algorithm is just a sequence of steps. Basically, Basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So, who writes the algorithm for the artificial intelligence? Right. So what we do is we write the algorithm for learning. Okay. So we tell it how to learn. Okay. And then there are like some random stochastic things that go into that. And it does the learning, let's say, on its own or like human-aided learning based on the data. Mm -hmm. And we get an output, like an output, which is some people see it as a black box. We're not sure what really happens for it to arrive at the decisions it arrives at. Although like that is improving now. Uh, people are trying to understand more what's happening underneath the hood. Okay. But we don't fully understand. Like, we've built this thing. We know how to teach it. But we're not entirely sure how it arrives at the decisions it arrives at. So do you have to give it... It has to be... Right now, we're in a very... Still very specific artificial intelligence, right? Whether yeah. it's a go or chess or right. faces or... So you do you have to give it, like... Are you using different artificial intelligence algorithms or learning algorithms based on whether it's a facial recognition thing or a uh, go computer like it's a different set of starting principles it's a different yeah so like you try to optimize for that problem based on like some information you have from that domain okay um so like let's say like you're trying putting it in like a simpler term if you're trying to like recognize faces we know that faces have eyes no a nose and a mouth right this is like a regular face okay uh we'll try to like change something that generalizes from that notion Mm. um so we scan an image in a way that tries to make it easier for the learning algorithm to learn Mm, these features right or like generalize on these. so for like go or chess you just give them the rules or like something. they try to yeah exactly they try to generalize from like inf- prior information that we have Got about that like we try to make it as easy as possible wow for ourselves moving forward okay um which i guess is why we don't see like a general learning algorithm where you can like it's not it hasn't reached to me like we as humans we have this crazy capacity to kind of like generalize from so many different things right 
like I can show you a face, I can teach you chess, I can teach you how to like shuffle a deck of cards. It's yeah. like teach you to cook. It's, it's insane. Right? It's insane. Yeah. We haven't arrived at that like general thing where like yeah. you feed anything, it does anything. Does right? that that must give you quite a like knowing the computer science part and how like how kind of difficult it is to teach a computer like one specific thing. It must right. give you like a kind of a cool appreciation for just how it makes, insane yeah, our brain is. I know. Like our brains work in like crazy ways. Yeah and despite the huge achievement we've seen so far like we're trying to train computers to like basically do what a one-year-old is able to do right yeah and we haven't been able to do everything so far. <laughs> yeah it's insane right yeah that is fucking crazy yeah wow um so yeah back to this sort of causal right yeah so i think we were talking about um how powerful it would be to like build in that causal framework mm-hmm. into our learning algorithms where they don't necessarily just learn the correlation like matrices between events anymore mm-hmm. but they actually learn what causes what so i think like an example would be like the stock market mm-hmm. and if you can like so far like all um prediction algorithms like how a stock would do is based on correlation data right imagine if that was causal like we know the actual factors that cause the stock value to like rise and fall mm. i would be a billionaire right now i, would, I probably <laughs> would be sitting here right now <laughs> yeah. wow but then yeah this is where it gets weird because like can you ever know what causes what like isn't that the whole kind of issue with science it's like we have like p-values and we have probabilities and right. everything is correlate like all data has to be correlational unless it and then we like amalgamate so much data that we're like yeah this is basically fact yeah this is me talking as like a complete amateur who has no idea what he's talking about <laughs> okay i feel like our brains kind of like our brains have that crazy capacity to like learn when something is causal, like mm. causal of something, just based on our day-to-day experimentation with things, right? Like I know if I carry this cup of water right now and drop it on the floor, it's probably gonna break. Right, right, right. I know, like me dropping it is a cause for it to break. Right. Yes. Yeah. How did my brain arrive at that mm. concrete embedding of like that information? Right. Instead of just like a probabilistic. Thing. Instead of a like, yeah, I can say like, yeah, probably if you throw this cup over it's gonna break yeah based on like what you've seen before right it's it's interesting yeah um i feel like we still haven't arrived at how that exactly works mm. um how we like when seeing enough data we kind of know when something is a cause for something else. yeah i think that's cool in philosophy it's called like the problem of induction it's like a similar thing Maybe. like how we yeah how we generalize like how right it's possible for us to do right that. and i feel like yeah it's e- never like we're well I don't know. I was going to say it's never like we encountered like the same circumstances in the same exact situation every single time. Right. That's like the problem, right? Like, right. how do I know that if I go to Egypt and stand on top of the pyramid and then drop the thing? I've never been there. Yeah. But I, I know. probably know. Yeah, yeah. that it's going to fall on the ground. Right. Like, how do we do that if we've never actually experienced right. it? That's, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, but do you think it's possible? So, like, current, like, AI algorithm, like, the biggest proportion of them was um, introduced based on how our minds work. And when we tried, like, when we started understanding how humans learn. Mm. And I think we haven't unlocked that part of the puzzle yet. Mm. But I feel like a source of inspiration could also be biological. Once we try and understand how our minds do that. 
right. we can start figuring out how to actually incorporate that. Once we do have that kind of map of the brain. Yeah. So there are like causal calculus frameworks. They're still like very preliminary and they're based on like a bunch of assumptions that make them hard to implement mm. in the real world. Um, but I feel like this is something that we'll have to work towards as we go. And there's actually, like, I think there's one company right now uh, based in the UK. They're called Causal Lens. They're starting to do that. Wow. I'm not sure if there are any else, but this is, like, one of the few that I know about. And, like, you're starting to see, like, these very, very, very few people Hmm. coming out, like, here and there. Like, there's only a handful of them. Um, But I feel like it's going to start catching on. Is it something that you think you'll try to work on at some point, or...? maybe if i decide maybe. to do a grad degree i can see myself working on something like that really? like it's something i actually believe in how impactful it can be wow um trying to unlock that like it yeah. would be ins- like the impact would be insane yeah i think uh, i said it's the, like the god algorithm yeah you yeah unlock the universe yeah yeah <laughs> not, not the same like yeah <laughs> there's still a lot of work to do yeah but like it's a huge step i yeah. think uh into improving and like it can have a huge impact um so maybe i'm not sure cool let's see that's awesome yeah wow um what other like biological like i'm trying to think of other uses for those kind of like logic gates in in biological systems like you said all right using them for like carbon capture or like for making biofuels or yeah are those kind of like are those happening now or are those still like futuristic so there's a Talk. lot of stuff that's happening now. Yeah. Um, as I said, the, like the problem is taking that from like a research setting and actually translating that mm. into like. An, there's a lot of startups coming along and like starting, um, but we still haven't like reached the point where it's taking over other like traditional methods, mm. uh, just because of how inefficient it is right now. Right. Um, but yeah, there's like so much cool stuff going on in the area. Uh, it's can, weird that pipeline to from science or academia to like real world application and takes so fucking long like i know in in health science particularly like you want to prove something that kind of like everybody knows you know like uh like high levels of plaque in arteries cause heart attacks it would be i mean it took like 10 15 years and you had these like huge journals finally saying yeah okay there's a good enough correlation to be right. like you shouldn't be chugging bacon grease or whatever <laughs> you're yeah, doing. Yeah. but that pipeline i wonder if as we continue to progress like do you think that'll the pipeline will kind of in time length like the length of time it takes for something to appear in academia right. to tech or sorry to industry yeah i wonder if it'll decrease I mean- I'm a bit biased and I can rant about this for a while because I'm actually like, I was really disappointed seeing the way science, like I came into university with kind of like a very idealistic mm. viewpoint of ah, how didn't science we all, and Then we were all broken. And then I was like, <laughs> oh damn, this is messed up. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the main problem is in the incentives for how science, like modern day science works. Um, you're a better PI. If you publish more, you get more money. You can publish more. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah. And I feel like this just like screwed up the way science used to work before, mm-hmm. where we're not like pursuing like these crazy projects just based off our curiosity. Yeah. That maybe like we'd need a bit more work to put in. It's going to pay off in like a decade or so. 
uh, versus like these low hanging fruits. It's going to pay off in a year. I'm going to publish that nature paper. Right. I'm going to get that grant money so I can keep going. Right. I can grow my labs. And yeah. It's just like a cycle never ending. Yeah. And at this point, it's like natural selection or like the most successful PIs. I'm not, I'm not saying like all of them are doing that, but like this is part of becoming a successful PI. You have to mm-hmm. be good at that. Um, totally. And- it's all completely unrelated to like you could be one of the best researchers in the world right and be bad at writing a grant proposal and right. the world will never see your work yeah. like that is fucked up yeah so like the people who are actually setting the direction for which science goes right now is basically where the money is funded right to, which is not necessarily set by scientists no it's probably politicians because it's tax money right um so how do we know that we're funneling money into the right things right and you're just selecting for like these random things here and there and you're selecting for the people that can publish more versus like are we actually doing impactful work right there's nobody there should be somebody like some middleman along the way that's like is this actually going to benefit humanity in any way or is this going to just make us more addicted to our phone and fucking yeah. hate each other more yeah. and like have more people storm the fucking Capitol? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Yeah. No one does. No dude. one knows what that was. I talked to my family today about it. They're like in, in California and they're just like, yeah, we're just like, what is what? going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this a civil war? Like, <laughs> do we like take arms now? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what's happening. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, but like, like there's definitely a part of that but i don't think i don't feel like it's strong enough Mm. and just like because the incentives in science are messed up it's taking a longer time to transition over uh to our like real world applications just because Mm. that is not as incentivized it's a risk that let's say like so you see like scientists spinning up like startups once they're established enough yeah that they can afford to take that risk and do it right yeah um so it's hard to like transition Mm. and make the jump make that it's, like yeah i feel like it's just moving towards the direction where like academia and literally is like it's becoming more segregated yeah and you have like the ivory towers totally. of, like academics and like yeah a hundred percent i i wonder if there is a way to like realign incentives like that like i I'd, I'd like to think that there is but i don't know how you remove industrial influence in science or because like right. there needs to be a scientific pipeline into industry right. and industry into science because right. there's all these breakthroughs happening. But you can't. I don't know how you do it without getting like money involved and special interest involved. It's like yeah. the same thing with politics. Like there kind of needs to be this like back and forth between politics and industry. But there seems to be no way in our current system to do that without money. Yeah, exactly. You know? And like. I mean, you can see it in the way, like, scientists are cheated. Mm. Like, they're, like, being, like, a tenured professor is, like, one of the hardest jobs that you can ever get into. Right, yeah. You'd have to go, like, through, like, selection after selection after, like, they select, like, the top 0.005% for each step. Yeah. So you're, like, in the smartest, like, 100,000 people in the world, probably. Yeah, yeah. And at the end, you don't even get paid that much. You're, like, overworked, you're overstressed, and it's hard for you to do your job just because of, like, all the other shit you have to take care of. Right, right, right. Is that a good system to have in place that spurs innovation? Mm. Because these are, like, our thinkers. Like, the the system tries to establish these are, like, the smartest people in the world that, like, can lead the world forward and, like, the different matters of expertise that they have. Totally. Um, 
is that system really successful in doing that? Yeah. Based on what we're seeing. Right. Is it, I, is it even fulfilling the function that it's supposed exactly. to? No. Probably not. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah, I wonder... I'm sure you had a, like some experiences with this in university. Like, There's always like that one or two profs that you get where they just could not give less of a fuck about teaching. Like right. They're there to do research and like, oh yeah, you also have to they teach. They have to do a class. Right. Like, yeah. I wonder if it would be better if there was like a separation like if, if there were maybe there would be like no demand for profs that just taught but what if there was like some kind of like path for people who knew that like all they needed all they would love to do in life is like research they don't right. want to teach at all right because it would kind of it really does kind of dampen your university experience when you get a teacher or a prof that's just like yeah. doesn't give a fuck about you yeah. and like I didn't run into it too much, thankfully, in kinesiology, but, like, I took one chem course, and just this guy was just so bad. And he was tenured and, like, never going to get fired, but, like, probably a great researcher doing cool right. work publishing. But, yeah, I've always thought about that. Like, I wonder if that yeah. could be. I, I feel like the notion of an undergrad degree has kind of transformed on mm. ages where an undergrad now is more equivalent to, like, high school, like, yeah. 30, 40 years ago. Yeah um totally. and a master's or a phd is more of what an undergrad was previously, yeah mm -hmm. where i do like i do my best learning when like i'm working on a project i'm interacting with a prof one-on-one -on -one. Yeah. i can bounce ideas it's not like a fed syllabus where like here's the material you need to go through right it's done and i can see why it's necessary based on like how much knowledge you've accumulated in the world mm -hmm. in the past few decades you just need more time to like absorb all the info to build on top of totally it. yeah but i feel like yeah, like, I get what you mean. Um, given that change in what an undergrad actually is mm -hmm. in modern day, is it still a job for, like, a full-time researcher right. yeah. to teach those kinds of classes? Yeah, yeah. Or is it, can it, like, transition more towards, like, more of a high school model teacher? Mm, and totally. then a yeah. prof is, like, more involved with, like, a master's or PhD or, like, right. those types of people. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I feel like we have to do that transition eventually. Right. Like, you've probably experienced it in your undergrad. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. It's not the best for both parties. Like, yeah. we don't get anything out of it. They right. don't get anything out of yeah, it. And we're yeah. like, we're both there because we have to be. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just kind of showing up. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I, I wonder. That is a really interesting point about the university kind of taking the place of high school. Because that is exactly what has happened. Basically, yeah. yeah. I wonder what... Does that mean going forward that like we're gonna just everyone needs PhDs? <laughs> like, uh, like, I don't know. I guess now we're kind of in a world where, in a lot of fields, masters is kind of it's necessary. necessary. Yeah. yeah, which is insane. Yeah, it is. Insane. Um, but I also feel like you and I we have like a very narrow view mm. of the world. Just being in UBC, like I have to remind myself every yeah. once in a while. Totally, this is not the real world. Right? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. We are here at UBC. These are, like, all really smart people around us. Mm -hmm. This is not the entire population. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, like, you'll probably need more masters, more PhDs, just to do some of the jobs that we have right now mm -hmm. uh, that maybe required an undergrad 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but is it necessarily all you can do? No, like, you can probably do, like, some really cool stuff. With That's the thing, too, is, like, now it's even going full circle again where there's a, like, there is a lot of people that's, like, that don't go, like, it's not the best move for a lot of people to go to university. Right. Like a lot of people, I know a bunch of people that shouldn't have gone to university that yeah. just kind of like went and they kind of fucked around for a couple of years and got like okay grades, but we were just partying the whole time. Just yeah. like, 
They were smart, like capable people that just university framework didn't work for. So maybe it'll be another kind of like revolution where, yeah, trades are much more of a thing or just, I don't know, some kind of entrepreneurial. Right. And you can like slowly see that happen, like very, very, very slowly. Or Mm. like companies like Google and Facebook and Microsoft, for example, they don't put as much emphasis, like they still do put emphasis on a university degree. Right. But it's not a requirement anymore, Mm. which is a huge shift. Yeah. Right. Um, And I feel like we're moving more and more towards that. Yeah, like skill-based. Right. You need more of these people. Yeah, like, I mean, my degree is a bit different because it's it was pretty practical. It's technically like a professional degree. So it's like I did learn how to, like, you know, create exercise programs or analyze a squat or whatever. Like, it was pretty practical stuff. So I did come away with good skill sets. But a lot of degrees, you're yeah, you're getting you're getting the skill set of how to think mm-hmm. and how to write and maybe how to distill your thoughts. But like practicality wise, like what are you coming away with? Right, like, right. Can you change a tire? <laughs> yeah. Can you fix a car? Like you know, not. And you're not. stuck in the in between where like you kind of know like half enough. Mm-hmm. You know how to think. You don't know how to apply it because you haven't done any practical work yet. Right. And yeah. You're just stuck in like the ground of like yeah, middle of nowhere. You're, like yeah. ground of no man. It's like yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, there's like this weird kind of like push and pull, I guess, between that like practical mindset to that abstracted mindset again. Right. right? Like. Right. And it's there's this kind of weird superiority on both sides. That's like yeah. you don't know how to do anything. But like, well, you don't know how to think. Like, yeah. da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I wonder how that's going to play out, how it going forward. Like, yeah, it'll like yeah. I think transform. I think we just need to rethink our basis for education again. Like, mm. we do education kind of like for the utilitarian benefit of like the entirety Humanity. of humankind, right? Yeah, is the system that we're having right now is is it actually achieving that? Mm. Um, right. Yeah, you've come back to that question a bunch of times, and like. It's a powerful one. Yeah. Because we like to just, oh, yeah, of course, all we the institutions that, we have in place are right. working. And it could have, like, that's probably the case, like, 200 years ago, 300, 500 years ago when these institutions started. Mm-hmm. But we haven't, we've never, like, revisited mm. those questions as the world evolved, just because, like, of the pace we've been, like, I think we feel, we're coming back to this. Yeah, like, yeah, again. yeah. Totally. We're moving too fast. We never rethink yes. the basis of why we did these things. Right. And rethink, like... Is this actually useful for us as human beings? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. That's the takeaway. Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Um, all right. Is there anything else? I usually end the podcast kind of similarly. Um, you can either say like a word, a phrase. You can sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people want to hear me do that. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, give leave the people with whatever you want to leave them with. Inspiration yeah. or I think, despair. I don't know if I'm a man to give like if I'm Oh, it doesn't matter. Level, like, I Just feel like the takeaway from this has been like question your assumptions. Try to like go deeper and deeper. Question why we do question everything, like why we do things and reflect on your experiences. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Till next time. Big questions. No answers. On my mind, I'm asking them all the time, time like traveling through the universe. I'm
scrambling these black holes how does time flow if i dropped in one where would i go when i come out a hundred years old big question no answers though what happens when we dream is this world all it seems i think therefore i am all i know is my name is sam on the road child to a man do i need a plan all these questions and more that's what's in store